Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. It's hard to coin Stephen Yun's year as quote-unquote breakthrough, since the South Korean actor has been a figure in the public's eye since his first appearance as Glenn from AMC's The Walking Dead in 2010. But with starring roles in both Boots Riley's Sorry to Bother You and Chang Dong Lee's Burning in 2018, he has all but cemented himself as a leading man on the independent film scene. It's been a long road to get to this point. In the years between the role that made him famous and now, Yun found himself on set feeling more like a placeholder than an actual human being. As we discuss in our interview, however, growth comes from self-motivation. For him, this meant taking on meteor projects and ignoring those that were nothing more than a nice paycheck. The realization that no one was going to have the answers to questions about his career, combined with an opportunity to work with two visionary directors, put Yun in a prime position to succeed. His chilling performance in Burning, a film based on a Murakami story about an eccentric millionaire with a deadly secret, is indeed one of the best of the year. Yun and I sat down at the New York Film Festival, where we talked best practices for actors looking to succeed and how directors can help to support them. Hey guys, this is uh, John Fisco, and I'm here with Stephen Yun. Y- Yun. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we're here to talk about, I mean, your year, I guess, you know, not just cool. burning, um, which I saw at New York Film Festival about a week ago. But I think that, you know, this year has been a really impressive year for you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Just in terms of like the roles that you've been able, that we've seen you in, um, both like very cool roles i think like you know what i mean thanks like, all right cool for me it's like i think that a lot of our listeners will will know you best as uh your role mm-hmm. from the walking dead mm-hmm. um but these roles are sort of more uh i wouldn't say important but they're like um meteor sure yeah yeah and the, the films themselves have been important i think this year oh, i appreciate that thanks um it's not really like a breakout year in the sense of you know you're already an established actor but um, would you say that this has been a breakout year uh, in any other way in terms of, like, the performances you've been able to give? Um, I suppose I can't um, ignore that. I feel like, if I'm going to be very honest, I feel like I've reset uh, in that way. Our business is also a business, and so um, people kind of want you to keep pushing the buttons that you're used to pushing and I remember being done on the show and really wanting to experience something else, uh, stretch and grow, uh, as I felt like I was doing as a person. Mm. Um, and so I got really lucky that um, these two projects kind of came my way and um, I got to be part of them. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was like a, like, cognizant like approach to be like ooh I'm gonna reinvent or anything right uh, it was more just those were the two things that attracted that were attractive to me and um, yeah I just I knock on wood man I'm very <laughs> lucky that way yeah well I mean I think I don't know there's something about these two movies in particular uh, and these directors I think that you worked with as well um, can you talk a little bit about like working with both uh, Boots Riley and uh, Lee Chang Dong mm-hmm. um, this year and yeah. what, what that did to sort of accelerate your growth or help you find that you were reinventing yourself? Right. Uh, you know, I think what what you might be zeroing in on is human, mm. you know, in mm-hmm. that way. It's, uh, 
I think what Boots and Director Lee um, gave me the ability to do was, or a chance to experience was, what it's like to be a character that is a full person, a full human. And that doesn't mean that these other roles weren't. Um, it just kind of means that the other roles were meant to, there was a thing greater than them about them. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't them. It wasn't the character that was kind of the, 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 the I guess the core, it was really the archetype or the ideal or the um, thing that that film needed or that project needs in that moment, whether it's comic relief or whether it's tech guy mm. or whether it's um, the moral compass or mm -hmm. whether it, there's always something greater about these people. It's almost like there's one thing in particular that you're there to serve. To, to serve, yeah. yes. And those are awesome too because those feel like a director's vision that's doing something greater, you know. Um, uh, I think director Bong plays that way. Mm. I think Okja was that way where he doesn't delineate and say like you can only be your archetype, but he wants to paint a larger canvas and he wants to have these different colors a part of it. Mm. Whereas I think Boots and director Lee kind of gave me the space to go, this is who you are in our society. Uh, in in this instance, in sorry to bother you, you're a union organizer, Salt. Go make this person be a person. Mm. Um, and uh, with Director Lee, with Burning, he was like, this is the parameters by which you live as a human. Go do this person. And um, those are very subtle and and different things, but or subtle things, but there's a large difference between the two. Um, you feel motivated and empowered to just kind of be free to be your character in the latter, and in the former, you're really kind of calculating what the overall goal is and what you intend and try need to be for it. Um, I'll let this pass. I don't know too. I, I mean, I think I got to be honest with myself and say maybe I was more mature to understand how I could do that for myself too in these latter films. Uh, whereas before, I don't know if I knew to even uh, try to approach something that way. Um, so how did you approach Like now that you were given this sort of free reign, I guess, to, to play, mm -hmm, I, I guess, mm -hmm, within mm -hmm. your within your character, um, within this person, mm -hmm. how did you approach your sort of, uh, I guess, like your background work before you went in yeah. your character work? Um, I have an incredible acting coach. Mm. Uh, her name is Deb Aquila. And she's, uh, can I swear on this? Yeah. She's a fucking genius. <laughs> um, she's a genius. And... Uh, you know, we did just a lot of research together. We talked a lot. Um, and what's really great is um, we talked about deeper layered ideas. Um, I think we could have easily just stopped at, what does this character sound like? What does he look like? What does he wear? Uh, how does he walk? Um, what, you know, but we really skipped all that stuff and we just got to like, what are the why is this person still alive and breathing? <laughs> what motivates this person to get up every day and decide to mm -hmm. take another crack at life? Mm -hmm. um, and um, those were, I think, questions that 
maybe I was not wise enough to ask on my own in prior things. And this, in this instance, uh, Deb really helped me navigate those things. And then um, these experiences and then the freedom from the directors to play within that framework really allowed me to feel free and supported that whatever I did is whatever I will do and whatever the character's doing. And so, um, yeah, it was just a very different approach. Uh, and it was, a, in my opinion, a more mature approach uh, that came from the fact that I had a little experience under my belt. Um, and also, you know, post Walking Dead, it was, it wasn't scary, but it was, um, it was lonely. But, hmm. Yeah, you know, and I don't mean like, oh, I felt lonely, I right, didn't right. have friends or anything like that. I was surrounded by, you know, my wife and my my family. It was all great. But I think it was, you know, kind of becoming 30 and realizing that, you are responsible for you and you are responsible for you on the inside and on the outside and you know all the decisions <clears throat> that are made for you when you're younger or things that people tell you you're supposed to do um, those are all well and good because they have good intentions hopefully but um, when you are an adult like it's on you yeah and I think that was a really good turning point for me too. Yeah, it seems like uh, growth really stems from self-motivation. You know? For sure, yeah. And it just accepting the fact that no one's going to tell you the answers. Right. Because there aren't any. It's specific to you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was really cool. Did you ever have like sort of a problem shedding that Walking Dead character? Like in, within the industry, was there a lot of like, you know, uh, it, it, it's almost like a child a child star getting known for one role sure, sort of thing yeah. you know and then um i think i think i still i think that character still precedes me pretty heavy in the more public eye mm -hmm. um uh but i think you know work wise uh people weren't trying to have me do the same role but i think you know uh, progress is slow and um, progress requires a lot of action so you can't really rely on others to give that to you you know um, so yeah I just I just decided okay then I just gotta do it on my own whatever that means uh, even saying no to things or um, taking a risk and just kind of like seeing what's out there um, prying where I'm not supposed to pry, uh, things like that. And uh, luckily, films like this kind of came my way, and I was able to explore the feelings that I was feeling. I think, like, it's interesting that you say, uh, you know, saying no to projects that you think might be risky because uh, it, it feels like you, you're you in a couple of, like, risky projects. This oh, I meant year. risky, like, um, you need to make money to live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like saying right. no to a project like that's having the balls to say no to a project that's set up to say like, hey, I'm going to pass on this even though it's set up mm -hmm. for potential success, but it's not the thing that I want to explore right gotcha. now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like I'm all about uh, risky stuff. Yeah. That sounds cool. 
I mean, yeah. Let's talk. Did you think that Burning would have the sort of reception that it's gotten when you when you took the project? Um, I didn't think that far ahead. Uh, the thing that I definitely knew was that Director Lee is a master filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to be part of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that that's kind of what led for me. You know, I, I when you get to work with a director like him. Um, there's almost no fear because you're like, you're not going to stop until you get the performance that you want. So mm-hmm. why fight it? Just keep going until we get it. And um, that was really wonderful. So yeah, yeah. I think I, I didn't think about the what could happen, but I definitely was cognizant that I was working with an incredible filmmaker. Did you, uh, were you influenced by him growing up? I know you grew up for a, a short time in South Korea before mm-hmm. moving to... Um, but you know i didn't well when i was there his films didn't exist yet um but when i when i first saw some of his uh, i saw poetry first i believe um and then i went back and watched secret sunshine oasis and peppermint candy um man peppermint candy fucked me up (laughs) Um, did it change it sort of changed your artistic direction in any way or like was it one of those things that maybe ended up influencing your need for growth i guess yeah i think i think peppermint candy as an immigrant man from korea who feels the collective weight of oppression that korean culture has experienced throughout its history uh, and how that passes down through generations. I felt it, but could never explain it because I could never. I never knew the context by which it was formed or created. And um, you know, Korean men of that later gener of that you know long ago generation never was really taught how to process or talk about those feelings. And so um, I wasn't even able to necessarily ask my dad about what these feelings were, why I was why I had this, you know, burning, burning or anger (laughs) or rage. Um, And when you watch Peppermint Candy, you're like, oh, okay. Like, that's what that is. That's, that's what happens. Um, And I think that's kind of a similar experience for a lot of Korean Americans or Koreans that watch that film. And I think that, you know, that's the beauty of Director Lee's work is, He's able to turn a mirror to society and just and show people how ugly it can look, and people don't do that that often, you know, and um, and they're not brave enough to do that and do it well sometimes. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, director Lee, he's great, man. He's great. How about a Murakami? Was are you a Murakami? Yeah, I'm a Murakami fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think Murakami for me lies more in um an aspirational world where i don't know what that world necessarily is like a murakami world seems very um while while accessible to some degree because it's human it's sometimes inaccessible because it's in some ways very nouveau riche i guess it's 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 privileged Mm. um a lot of his characters it seems they they kind of live in a nice place Mm -hmm. and 
they do nice things and 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 whatnot but um yeah i think i think that you know i'm a big murakami fan um but what was really great was the juxtaposition of director lee's approach to the source material right can you can you talk a, bit, a little bit about that like what how he was able to adapt this and like what i i mean yeah. it's hard to speak for him i'm sure, sure but like yeah. what that process might have been like um well he he worked with uh he worked with this great writer he normally writes his own stuff um but he worked with this wonderful writer named old jung mi and she is uh, i think kind of a protege of his and she's wonderful and they really broke open this story um, but director Lee also is a, is a novelist himself. And so, um, he's well versed in literature and the understanding that this man has and the depth to which he has of life, literature, all that stuff. Um, I think that's why you see an adaptation such as this that feels very much in line with his is Murakami's mm -hmm. voice yeah. and and you know this is me all this is all conjecture this is me com completely making this up for myself but I feel like the reason why the adaptation feels right is because director Lee is in some ways commenting on Murakami while making his mm. a film based on a short story so like the the fact that Faulkner is in this film is in some way a comment about Murakami. Mm. Uh, Barn Burning by Murakami was a play off of Faulkner's Barn Burning, which is a totally different class struggle. Uh, Faulkner's Barn Burning is about working man, and um, it's kind of the father's storyline mm. that Chung Zhu has to deal with, where the father keeps kind of fucking up mm -hmm. uh, because he can't let go of this rage that he feels for authority mm. and those above him, and he keeps putting his family in this situation. There's that through line. But then there's this other through line that is more reflective of Murakami, which is where Ben lives, where he's able to have these fine things right. and he can live in a place where these common, um, these uh, more basic necessities are taken care of. And mm. so he's able to self-actualize, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that juxtaposition was incredibly important and and intelligent and i think that's the approach by which director lee was able to you know take this in the right way absolutely um did you like is there any other uh sort of things that director lee would do for i'm sure there's a, a ton um mm. for you in terms of your relationship as actor director mm. that really like good for you you know what i mean yeah. like we're like indispensable for you in a way things that you'd like to see again and again in relationships with directors in the future um, man, I don't know if I can hold people to his standard, not, yeah. not his self-imposed standard, but to the standard that he set, uh, in my eyes. Um, he's just wise. He's a very wise man. Uh, I guess very simply, you know, um, he knows, he knows when to hold him and he knows when to fold him. Hmm. And, um, that, that is kind of indispensable. I never saw him lose it i never saw him break he was just steady even and you were just looking for his okay at the end of each take because that's when you knew you got it and um you know i also also like you know him and director bong are incredible they uh they 
they edit as they go. Wow. And you see the edit right after you do it. And so that comes definitely from a deep, deep knowledge and understanding of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, so again, like, I don't know if I can pe- hold people to that standard, but, um, that was really great for me because that means I just was part of this ride and I just had to deliver to him whatever I was intended to do, what I intended to, uh, deliver. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if there's like explicit things that I can, I, I think each experience is going to be different. Sure. Um, but, uh, he definitely gave me the freedom to explore he gave me the freedom to call shots for my own character in some way. Um, he molded me in some ways, and in other ways, he just let me be free and let him let me surprise him. Um, and he also opened the door for me to kind of discuss things with him. You know, we had our fair share of differences, um, not ever to anything more than just a difference of opinion, um, but that was really great. Um, I think as a Korean American, you can enter into a Korean film and be really worried that you have to play by the social rules that Korean society also imposes, which is if they're older than you, if they're more experienced than you, if they're in a higher position than you, you kind of just give it to that person. Um, But he never let me feel the weight of that. He just was like, you are here to do this job as well as I am, so let's collaborate. And I think that's how he always kind of approaches film. Um, And that's what was a really wonderful experience for me. That's such an interesting, like insight for all, like all directors, you know, Mm. like this, uh, this Korean standard that you talk about and how like breaking that because directors in general can take that stance where they're like, you know, I am ruling with an iron fist here. You must do uh, what I am telling you to do. Um, so I guess to, just to wrap things up here, I would have loved to get more into your backstory about how you became an actor and Mm -hmm. like what, you know, it took to, uh, break through in your first breakthrough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) But, uh, if you could just, uh, give, I guess one like piece of golden advice, your, your golden nugget of advice, um, for actors, I think trying to, um, make work like you've made this year, uh, and even like break through like you did, what would it be? Um, um, it's, it's a ride and I think, you know, when you're doing it well or doing it in the right direction, when you're able to assess your own ego, mm. um, that's been my biggest struggle. And I don't mean ego in the colloquial sense of like feeling full of yourself, but I mean like ego in the sense that you really got to just let go to the process sometimes and you got to put in the work and that's where your ego will drive you to be like, I don't want to fail. I don't want, I want to succeed. I want to do a good job and you'd make all those preparations. But then when you're there, you just got to let it go. And, um, that's kind of that collaborative thing that I was talking about, which was, it wasn't, he, he, he was like, do it again. Or he would say like, that's not the take. And I think an older or younger me would have taken those things personally and said, tell me what you want. I'll do the thing that you want. But he doesn't want that. He doesn't want a wooden performance. And it took kind of a little bit of a wisdom to and a comfort in myself 
and I think that's really key is just to be comfortable with yourself. Um, to know that, like, yeah, like, your, your note here has nothing to do with me. We're all here to build the same thing. So let's do it again as opposed to why does this person keep telling me to do it different? Right. That's not how I think. Um, it's kind of just go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's case by case. Uh, just as much as you have to absolve your ego, the director has to absolve his ego. Um, but that's kind of the game here yeah. uh, in some ways. And so, uh, or that's like the lower, like the level, deeper level game that's happening. It allows, that's what allows you to like kind of break through like to the, to yeah. the actual work. Yes. It's the game that yes. you need to either put aside or embrace. Yes. To like no, yes. To that level. no one to use it and then no one to let it go. Yeah. Um, and that's hard, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, good luck. <laughs> well, thanks Steven. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks man. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Burning is in theaters now. And as always, please subscribe to the No Film School podcast and give us a nice rating if you enjoy what you're hearing. I'm John Fusco. You can follow me on Twitter at Jim underscore John underscore Jim. And be sure to tune in on Thursday for Indie Film Weekly. Until then, 